News Radio 920 presents The Roundtable Real Estate Simplified with Emilio Despirito, team leader of the Despirito team with Home Smart Professionals. Thank God for my life and for the stars and stripes. May freedom forever fly and the radio Here's Emilio Despirito. Hey, good morning. It's Emilio Despirito. Thanks for joining us here at the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified. This is your show for buying, selling, investing, and learning everything you ever wanted to know and more about real estate. Ashley is one of the top mortgage professionals in New England, and she's here with us today. She covers Massachusetts and Rhode Island, does a ton of transactions. Super, super great resource to have, Ashley Borden. Thank so, you. You're welcome, Ashley. So uh, we're going we're gonna to be getting into why experience matters later on in the next segment with Ashley. But uh, right now, I wanted to talk about real estate agent income has been dropping significantly. And I, I think it's actually pretty, not funny, but it's, it's pretty crazy because there's so many people jumping into real estate right now, whether they're a mortgage broker yep. or an attorney jumping into it or uh, somebody jumping in to be a licensed agent, right? You're seeing it's that It's a too? problem across the board, absolutely. Mm. And we've been told that quarter four and quarter one coming up might be the most difficult time in the past 10 years. Well, let's talk about why agents' incomes are dropping yeah. because the market is fantastic out there. It's a seller's yep. market, yep. right? Yep, yep. And by the way, if you have any questions, give us a call. Give me a call on my off-air number here, 401-359-2338, 401-359-2338, even if you just need a referral recommendation for whatever. Carpenter, if you want me to price your home, help you out, buy or sell, I got you. Whatever you need, 401-359-2338. All right, so we were talking about why real estate agents are making less money this year and the year before than sure. than prior, okay? Few reasons, Ashley. Number number one, there's little to no inventory out there. We've been talking about this for a while, but specifically little to no inventory for the first time buyers for the affordable type of housing. Now what that does is it causes a chain reaction. Of course. Right? So the food chain, so if and and why is there little to no inventory? There's little to no inventory because the baby boomers, right? aren't selling their homes. There's no place to go. And that's okay. You know, they're 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 healthier. And in many times if they downsize, their payment is actually staying the same or increasing because home values have gone up so high, Ashley. Correct. And because mortgage rates have gone up so high. So what happens is it's a chain effect now where the 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 second time home buyers, the Gen X if you may, yep. or the older millennials that are now buying a second home. True. They are not, they, there's no inventory there to buy, so they're not selling their first home. And then let's talk about uh, construction is down. Why? Because it's hard it's to find. Yes, because materials are up and also because it's hard to find qualified help. Yeah. Now, why? It's hard to find qualified help because when I was a kid, they said, don't be an electrician. Don't be a plumber. Go to school and, you know, get a degree. Get what? Get a degree in what? Okay. Let me tell you something. My friends that are plumbers, electricians, real estate agents, all those, those guys are, and girls are killing it. I would say that all over. I would go back and learn trade. I dropped out. I dropped out of college 
and I'm not scared to, to listen, guys. This is it's it's normal, okay? So I dropped out of college. I took all the classes I needed to take for a business, yeah. and I knew I didn't need a piece of paper to tell me I could get a job or not. I actually didn't get a job at a pharmaceutical company because I didn't have a degree. Thank God. That I did not get stuck mm-hmm. in that $80,000 a year job. You know why? Because that would suck and I'd have to answer to somebody all the time. I run my own business and we kill it. And we, you know, and we, we like, I can't even like. You're not trying to I get student it. loans. You no, are making no your loans. own hours. I went to you're CCRI. Putting in and you're getting out what you put I, in. That's it, man. So go to CCRI, take the classes you need, yeah. whatever. That's just my advice. You know, I'm not going to force college down my kid's throat. Do I think college is awesome in, in a couple different ways? And, and do I think that learning is absolutely important? Yes. So I'm not against it. Correct. But what I'm saying is it's not a one size fits all for everybody. If you plan on being an entrepreneur and going out doing your own business and stuff, you don't necessarily need that four year degree. Okay. All right. So I'm getting off on a Back tangent to construction. here. Let's hear it. Yeah. Okay. Done. Yeah. Cause you can't find the qualified help. All right. Let me move on. Wall Street. Wall Street's role in real estate. Now, investors are, we're talking a different kind of investor. We're not talking about that investor swinging a hammer, breaking down walls, putting granite kitchens in. We're talking about those investors sitting on Wall Street, sipping, you know, driving a Bentley, sipping a Starbucks. Those guys are, are, are spending about $16 billion this year taking the traffic away from realtors and then selling it back to realtors in the form of a referral fee. Huge money in that business, and it's taken away a ton of money from real estate agents. Let me give you a quick example, okay? A real estate agent lists a home at $400,000 at 6%. They pay half of that to the buyer's agent. They're left with 3%, which is, say, twelve grand. Yep. okay? Up to $4,200 of that $12,000 is taken. Now they're left with only $7,800, which they have to split with their brokerage. Okay. And at the end of the day, when all things are said and done, when they pay their taxes, their insurance, and everything, that transaction, which should have been maybe six or seven grand in their pocket, is now down to probably about $2,500. That's huge. That's insane. And it's happening more and more and more. And uh, there's one other factor, and it's the rise of the amount of real estate agents. So in 2011, since 11, 2011, 19% more real estate agents. And by the way, I'm part of that. I jumped in in 2012. I'm part of that 19%. Christina, our producer, who's a fantastic agent and producer, she jumped into that. And that's okay. But what I'm saying is a lot of people are chasing that dream. Nothing wrong with it. It's fantastic. Come on, if you want to no, learn. But it's but it's you get what you put in, right? In. You need to put in. The, here's the thing. I'm yep. going to go on a little tangent real quick. You can't come in saying I want to go get my license so I can sell my aunt's house, and that's it. Because now you're yeah. going to give the rest of the realtors a bad reputation. Because most likely you're not going to get the education and training and I do agree. your job. So okay, that's it. That's I agree. Right. I'm I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Yeah. So and, and I love like there's agents that call themselves part time, but they're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week as an agent. That's not part time. Correct. Okay. All right. Like like Christina here. Okay, Christina. I don't mean to put you on the spot, 
But you're working probably 40, 50 hours doing that and probably 40 hours in yeah, the studio here. Yeah, you're not here. who we're talking about. That's, <laughs> no, and, and, uh, and, and, but that's, that's full time. That would be full time. Anybody would say that's full time, right? Yeah. Um, if you're, t- you're talking about that person that just jumps on and does one transaction uh, every once in a while or when, when opportunity finds because them. Because they watch HGTV, HGTV yeah. and like, oh, this is fun. Let me yeah. do it. Yeah, it's fun. Okay, now. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> Listen, we're going to be back. We got a fun filled uh, show for you today. We're going to be back here with Ashley Borden, Residential Mortgage Services. She's going to be talking with us about why she feels experience is so necessary. Stay tuned. This is the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified right here, streaming on WHJJ and News Radio 920. News Radio 920 presents the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified with Emilio Despirito, team leader of the Despirito team with Home Smart Professionals. Now, here's Emilio Despirito. Hey, good morning. Thank you very much for tuning in today. This is the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified. In the studio with us today, we have Ashley Borden with Residential Mortgage Services. Welcome back to the show, Ashley. Good morning. Good morning. We've got a good lineup for you today. We've got Giovanni Ferrocci in here as well. We're talking about blockchain. Okay, so have you heard about blockchain? We've discussed it a few times in this show. We're going to be talking about that and why he feels it's important to have it here in Rhode Island. We're going to talk about that next segment. But Ashley, you wanted to uh, go over why experience in real estate matters. And I think that's a great subject. All too often, we see people drop the ball on things. We, we do. Or lose money and for people. Absolutely. Are. And, you know, I hate to say it. We're realtors. We're mortgage professionals. Sometimes we have to be babysitters and psychologists and yeah. try to keep everything moving forward. And the truth of the matter is a real estate transaction is the biggest purchase of someone's life, and it should be fail-proof. And that really comes down to choosing your team that's working on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And it all starts with, well, where are you finding the professional? Most people are going to ask a friend of who they use for their mortgage experience, who they use to help buy or sell a home. And that's great. Um, others are turning to the internet. I mean, think about your cell phone. It's a proven fact that we look at it, what, over 5,000 times a day. Oh, my God. So people that's are it? reaching for, yeah, that's it. People are reaching <laughs> for their cell phone. They're probably using Zillow's, Trulia's uh, to choose someone. And that's fine, I guess. But I think of it as using that for maybe a reference once you get a selected name. So, of course, it's easier to... Um, be in the digital ages, Mm -hmm. you know, convenience. That's what people want to focus on. They do. But I think about like my experience for something simple. Like if I'm going to buy a laptop in Best Buy, I have no clue what one laptop is from another. Neither do a lot of people. So I ask for help (laughs) and I say, okay, this is what I need. This is what I'm using it for. Tell me which one is the best for me. Yeah. So why do people go and do the same thing with mortgages where they might look online and say, okay, I'm going to take this loan and I like this company and this rate. Don't you want advice? Absolutely. Yes. So experience matters. We're not looking to take your order. We are looking to advise you on what mortgage product is beneficial for you. So when you are starting the process, you know, it's really important to sit down with someone and talk about what is your short-term plan? Yeah. How quickly do you want to be in this house? How long are you going to be in this home? 
Do you think that it's going to give you, you know, years in it so you can grow into as a family, or are you a mobile buyer? So these are the higher level questions that we want to have from the very beginning so we can match you up with the right product and educate you. Sure. And I think that, you know, Zillow just bought, you know, mortgage company. That's yeah, they did. big, big news. Mm-hmm. Credit Karma just bought into the mortgage digital platform. Oh, I, didn't hear, I didn't hear that. Yeah, that sense, was a though. few days ago. And, you know, it's it might cause an uproar in our industry. But I think at the end of the day, people have to realize that if you go back to the basics and you follow the steps of home ownership and actually deal with an experienced person, your you know, um, process is going to be memorable, but it's also going to be fail-proof. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Okay. So, you know, I would say that going backwards, you know, the first thing that someone needs to do is sit down with your mortgage professional and have your financial goal conversation when you're talking to your mortgage person. Sometimes we can only offer you one product based on your credentials, but what a good mortgage person's going to do is explain, here is the product for you that might be more beneficial short term. Sure. But in the longer term, if you're going to be here 5 to 10 years, here's something else that might make a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. And we want to show you the pros and cons of each product and ultimately give you the tools to make the decision of which loan you want to choose. So that, I think that's the biggest thing. I was actually on the way in today and all the time I'm thinking about what makes my team different mm-hmm. from maybe some of the other agents out there. It's yeah. exactly what you just said. Finding out what makes best sense for your client, yeah. short term, long term, for whatever term they're really looking for sure. and making sure that they're educated to make the right decision. You know, and you know, we don't have a crystal ball. Listen, everyone has a life plan, and that changes. Life throws a lot of twists and turns at you, so it's hard to say, okay, where am I going to be ten years down the road? But I think on a higher level, if you think about, you know, is monthly payment most important to you, or some people are fixed on this interest rate? Okay, I want the lowest rate. Well, yeah. that might not be the best loan. You might product be getting long PMI term, with it, yeah. But if that's what's important to you, let me tell you why I disagree. But ultimately, it's your choice. So we just want to be advisors, and I think that you know buyers have to get away from the convenience and the online um, shopping and the online advice. Call someone that is highly recommended. Do your research mm. in advance and feel them out. It's like dating. You're going to be spending a lot of time with your mortgage person and mm-hmm. your realtor. So if you're yeah. not getting along and you don't have that honest, open conversation, you're probably choosing the wrong team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ashley, how would somebody reach you if they have any mortgage or financial so questions? I'm usually available 24-7. If for some reason I can't answer the phone, I will let you know right away and we'll plan a time to talk. And my best number to reach me is my cell phone, which is 978-758-9227. You're going to have to say that a I know it's a long one. 978-758-9227. And I cover all of Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Yeah, she does a fantastic job. Good stuff. So one story I wanted to tell you about experience was this, is that when when we're telling our clients where to price a home, just like when you're going over what you feel after hearing your client's story, what the best best package for them is, we, we always say this. We tell them what we think. And then we, and then they ask us questions. They always come back and they say, are you mm-hmm. sure you want to price it there? Shouldn't we try to price it above market so we can leave room for negotiations? At that point in time, what I do is I'll usually send them a podcast or a video of Barry Habib. He's one of the top economists in yes. the country. Actually, I think he is the top housing economist in the country, right? Yep. yep. 
And he talks about how it's smart and it's more advantageous to price your home at or actually a little under fair market value in mm-hmm. a market like this so that buyers flood your home, give you a more aggressive uh, terms, sure. right? Yeah. And a higher purchase price, oftentimes, if not a bid war. That has been tried and true, and we are absolutely killing it out there. So when our clients ask us, what what do you think? It's not necessarily about what I think. It's about what works, what doesn't work. Proven. Yep, absolutely. This, this is what we believe. I want you to educate yourself, and I'll send them the emails, and I'll say, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. What route do you want to go? And again, the, the, you know, the consumer is always the driver, but we've been doing this a long time. So totally. trust us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we're here for you through and through. And like Ashley said, it's all about having that right team. Yeah. It's all about having the people that are really the shakers and the movers in Rhode Island and Massachusetts or, or anywhere in the country for that matter. Who's got my back? That's what I always ask myself. And let's just add one more thing on top of that, too. And in a competitive market, if they see an offer coming in and Emilio's the realtor, if they see a pre-qualification letter from Ashley Borden, mm. I'm sorry, that is going to hold a little bit more weight. And I'm not tooting our own horns, no, but I agree. they I agree. know we have a track record. So that might help give you a little bit more of a competitive edge over maybe a non, you know, a non-known bank or a yeah. realtor that might have sold one house. You know, they prefer to work with people that have solid experience. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, our, our names in real estate are brand. Absolutely. They're our brand, right? Yeah. So that's important stuff. So, Ashley, um, you throw your number out there one more time. In of case course. 978-758-9227. Give Ashley a call. That's not our on-air number. So don't worry. You're not going to be on air talking about your personal <laughs> finances. You know, <laughs> Ashley will keep that stuff uh, very confidential. Um, confidential. <laughs> you bet. You bet. And of course, you know, if you have any questions on buying, selling, what may be right, you know, maybe you're maybe you're in between thinking about, hmm, should I sell my single family and buy a condo? Well, it all depends. Are you retiring soon? Or are you just starting your investments? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the move is to sell your large single family home, purchase a duplex or you know, uh, side by side and or in one socket side by each, right? And have somebody rent out one side and free up your income uh, for savings or for investing somewhere else so you can enjoy your retirement, you know, or, or use that income to travel or give to the grandkids or whatever. I mean, there's a million ways to do things. And I think you should really look outside of the box and you should talk with a professional in regards to whatever it is you do. If you're moving around money, messing around with money, you should be talking with a a professional in whatever given field. And this is the year to do it. Yeah, I mean, things are changing rapidly as well. Inventory is now finally increasing, okay? So it's still short, but it's increasing to the point where it's, you know, there's some towns that are now at a four-month market absorption rate, okay, instead of a two-month. So basically, if every home we sold in the next four months, there wouldn't be anything else to sell, but that has doubled in some areas in Rhode Island. And people not need to get nervous about this. It's not that we're going into a recession. We're just getting, we're being back to the norm. Yeah. We're just getting more on the normal trend which we saw in the previous years still a seller's market Absolutely. but um and it still i think will be for a while yep uh however it's just it's it's going to be a little bit less aggressive i sure. think uh but the fall is going to be a fantastic time 
to uh, to list a property because those buyers are rushing out trying to get in before the rates are going to jump up to potentially 6% in 2019. So we've got a fantastic show ahead of us today. This is a huge opportunity right now for Rhode Island. And we want to, you know, we want to uh, kind of shed some light on blockchain and the opportunity. My goal is to educate the audience. That's it. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back here. News Radio 920 and streaming on WHJJ. News Radio 920 presents The Roundtable Real Estate Simplified with Emilio Despirito, team leader of the Despirito team with Home Smart Professionals. Now, here's Emilio Despirito. Hey, good morning. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified right here on iHeartRadio WHJJ. In the studios with us, we've got Ashley Borden with Residential Mortgage Services. Good morning. Good morning. And we have a special guest. We have Giovanni Ferrochi and uh, Ferrosi. I'm sorry, Gio. And <laughs> Gio is here today and we're going to be talking about blockchain. But before we get into that, if you're not familiar with uh, Giovanni, he is running for governor right now. Gio is an immigrant. That's funny. I just learned that not too long ago. And he has he is a combat veteran. He is a former CEO of Alex and Ani. And what else am I missing? Former state senator. Yeah, I uh, covered, I guess, all the all the wow. angles. Um, also, I have five kids. And, and five <laughs> I, kids. I think that'll really? uh, equal wow. out the other uh, Busy guy. things that I've done. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. been uh, quite, quite a life. And, um, you know, I've lived the American dream. Absolutely. For sure. And I hope that uh, my, you know, vision and um, path for others to to realize that makes sense. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited for the people of Rhode Island to have that opportunity as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's not a day that goes by where I don't thank, you know, my lucky stars for what we have here. So there's a huge opportunity out there right now. And it's important to recognize it before somebody else does. Right. Exactly. And, And that's blockchain. Now, a lot of our listeners may be saying, you know, what is blockchain? I keep hearing it. What is it? Giovanni, how would we explain what blockchain is? So I'm just going to, you know, preface my remarks by trying to emphasize, don't try and understand it. Okay. You know, um, that's the bottom line. I mean, listen, the internet was created, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I send you an email. Do you know why it reaches you? Do you know how it gets there? You know, it just, you know, we utilize it as a platform. Yep. And we utilize it because of either speed or, um, you know, ease of use or whatever other reasons we need it for. Well, the blockchain was created because what the Internet never had but needed was a more trusted version of itself. Mm -hmm. And so for the first time ever, you'd actually be able to move value. So... What it is is a distributed ledger. Mm -hmm. And so information is therefore not centralized on one computer or in one building. Mm -hmm. I don't need to stand in line at the DMV like everybody else for five hours Mm -hmm. to, you know, get something from somebody. Information, uh, germane to to other, you know, relevancy in in the category it's in, would sit on a block of computers. Mm Mm-hmm. And so every computer has to have that exact information. If you go and make a transaction and someone goes to verify that information, all of those computers instantaneously take a vote. 
and verify that information. If on one computer, if you, Emilio, decide that you want to change something yeah. on yours, well, the others aren't going to let that transaction through. And so, so just imagine how much more integrity is, you know, uh, part of that information flow. Mm-hmm. And so you can, you know, realize, a, you know, the integrity of a vote down to the deed uh, that you would go record. Mm-hmm. So never again would you have to go run to a city and town hall. You'd be able to move a deed on um, uh, a register, you know, record a deed on the blockchain. And there it is. And, and that's where it'll sit until the next move needs to be made. And all the computers have to recognize and accept mm-hmm. that move based on the protocol that we've all agreed on. Absolutely. So needless to say, this is probably, well, definitely a lot more secure than doing it the old-fashioned way. And that's why this has taken off so so huge. It is. It's, it's literally, it, it is the internet again. Mm-hmm. And so I don't you know, know the, the whole audience's, uh, you know, age groups, et cetera. But I will tell you, I just turned 50 uh, this year. And so for me, you know, I look back and I'm like, wow, you know, I wish I, I knew more about the internet back in the early 90s and you know, I would have caught that wave yeah. Yeah. and been part of all these, you know, things that have happened. And then, you know, in the last decade or so, you know, we've seen the unicorns, as they're called, companies that are worth over a billion dollars in the social media space Mm -hmm. that, again, really were born out of the the chaos that was the result of the dot bombs of the late Mm -hmm. 90s. But like anything else, you know, new things resurface. And so now we have, you know, for, for, for the first time ever, a new opportunity, which, you know, if done right, can literally... Um, you know, be the size and scope of what, you know, in the past we had um, we had seen, you know, be successful, which were, you know, computers, computer chips, the Internet, the World Wide Web, sure. fiber optics, just the way those things revolutionized our lives, the blockchain is going to do so. And so my real theme for Rhode Island and really why I'm running mm-hmm is that I know that I've developed and created and outlined a brand new economy for the state of Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. One that actually will result in us having to bring people in to even support it. Wouldn't that be amazing? It's it's that big. High paying jobs. Huge. Right now, if you are a miner of cryptocurrency alone, mm-hmm. okay, which we won't get into all the details, Google but, it. Just, but just a, a, a developer, which... By the way, there are no accredited institutions that are providing degrees yet. These are self-taught individuals. Mm-hmm. For every job posted, okay, um, the average salary is $125,000. That's amazing. And 93% of the jobs posted go unfilled because mm-hmm. we don't have the people um, that are qualified to do it. I just had one woman, she used to work for me, actually my former assistant a few years back. Uh, she now lives in Florida, and she wrote me on uh, LinkedIn. She reached out and she said, Giovanni, you are spot on. My fiance just got offered a job in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He taught himself with a few books a couple of years ago, and he just got offered $200,000. We didn't wow. want to move to Atlanta, but he got offered $200,000. And these are 26-year-old people. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. These are not, mm-hmm. you know, just right off the bat, self-taught so, you know, I want to make uh, University of Rhode Island the center of universe, Rhode Island College, CCRI, you know, make sure they have the right programs that are being offered, 
both in the computer sciences, but mm -hmm. more importantly, even in the management of blockchain. And then because we are a small state, go around the horn and I'll attempt to, to, to make sure we list them all. But the bottom line is from Salve to Roger Williams to Johnson and Wales and Providence College and Brown mm -hmm. and PC and Bryant and New England Tech and I think I got them. CCRI, uh, I think the, you said the, Yeah, the, other, the state schools yeah. I can, you know, as governor, you know, really focus them and tell them what to do, so yeah. to speak, sure. uh, or at least provide a lot of guidance. For the other private institutions, I will just, you know, make sure they know we are welcoming and are working together as a consortium so that Rhode Island becomes the worldwide hub of where the blockchain is actually being created. That's exciting. So the, the key example is Stanford University and Silicon mm -hmm. Valley. Silicon Valley is there because of Stanford University. People went there, they, they were educated, and then they said, okay, I'm gonna start this company, I'm gonna start this company, I'm gonna start that company. And this Hewlett Packard monitor I'm looking at, mm -hmm. Read the story, Wikipedia. It's a garage, right? Yep. It's a garage company, just like a Steve Jobs and Apple. Apple and everybody else out of the garage yeah. post an education in the field. Yep. So that's really the, the catalyst to it all. And again, just understand, it was born out of one uh, example. So a lot of people know about Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. In other words, that's the working model. Somebody said, okay, I want to move some, some value. Mm -hmm. I want to create my own money. You know, I want to create my own thing. And by the way, it's a half a trillion dollar market oh, I now know. that came out of nothing, zero, I did not exist. It's amazing. Did not exist. It's amazing. Imagine that. And so that market now, you know, people all the time who are skeptics or want to overthink it, mm -hmm. say, well, you know, what is it and how does it move? I say, I don't know. You know, I'll have a meeting with you, right? We'll go to breakfast somewhere. Someone will bring us some food. At the end of it, they bring us a piece of paper, mm -hmm. and you know, one of us uh, will probably pull out a piece of plastic, give it to the person. Sure. <laughs> They'll disappear for 30 seconds, come back, give us two pieces of paper to sign, one mm -hmm. for them, one for me, yeah. and somehow that got paid. Yeah. <laughs> so why, you know, it's not like we, you know, brought a pound of silver and like dropped it on the counter, yeah. right? So you know, let's stop over-engineering and overthinking it. This is going to happen. It is happening, mm -hmm. but it's happening at lightning speed. So I happen to have a background that brought me to Delaware for a while. Mm -hmm. And in, in Delaware, I saw with my own eyes the um, credit card industry be born and grow. And so in 1981, former Governor Pete DuPont and a gentleman named Frank Biondi uh, implemented or the catalyst and then had – you know, were successful in getting legislation implement, implementing the Financial Services Bank, you know, mm -hmm. uh, act. And uh, with that was a whole industry was born to the extent where a company called MBNA in 1981 was started in a shopping center by Charlie Cawley, who was a former Marine, yeah. who convinced Al Lerner at Maryland Bank to give him his credit card portfolio to brand it. And it became an affinity program. It's the reason why you can have a, you know, New England Patriots credit card. Oh, or this that and cool? That. And, and, and you know what? 24,000 employees later, it overtook DuPont as the largest employer in Delaware, largest company, had 10,500 employees just in Delaware. 
There is a lot of opportunity out there. If you're just tuning in, we have Giovanni Ferrosi here today in the studio with us talking about the Blockchain Center Development Act, okay? And if you've missed this segment at all, it's okay. Go to theroundtableradio.com. You can check the podcast there. Super easy to do. A couple of quick questions for you before we run out of time. And um, obviously, the state of Rhode Island will benefit huge. You were talking about how it would bring in uh, large, like high-paying jobs, okay? But let me ask you this. This is going to be kind of a tough question. You ready? Sure. Okay. Do you feel that the lack of education and understanding of blockchain is could hurt you in the election? I mean, directly, um, there are those that have argued that I need to, you know, not speak so in such a sophisticated way. And, you know, but the reality is this. I'm only in this race because I want to raise the level and the quality of life in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for, you know, someone to put on chicken suits and, you know, put a big picture on a boat and whatever's going on, you know, yeah. that's not me. You know, if you want someone who, you know, is educated, went through the advanced management program at the Warren School of Business, mm-hmm. went through the John F. Kennedy Special uh, Warfare Center in school. You know, I'm a, a combat veteran uh, as we went, you know, through my background earlier, former state senator, built a billion dollar company. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're looking for that type of individual, then you vote for me. You know, that's that's the bottom line. I'm unwilling to go down and talk about toll booths and potholes. And that's just not going to happen. And, um, the you know, I, I say this uh, with humility, believe it or not, although it's a strong statement. Mm-hmm. Listen, if I come in second, you know, I still win. Uh, my message is out there. It is what it is. If yeah. I come in first, you win. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. And so, you know, I'm uh, blockchain's being built. Um, I know how to create the new economy for Rhode Island. Um, there are, you know, four components to it. I just want to run through them real quick. Sure. It's the education piece that we spoke of earlier and how to actually organize that mm-hmm. and, and, and put that to work for us. The second is generating a welcoming business climate. So, again, making sure that we let the world know that incorporating blockchain LLCs have advantages if they're done here. And, you know, I want to eliminate the personal income tax. You know, having reasons so when you're successful that you remain here and you're not moving to Florida wow. or some other states. So all of that stuff. And then the third piece is to um, actually have our own government infrastructure utilize it. Mm-hmm. So I will eliminate the DMV. There will be no DMV in my wow. first term. Amen. Okay, that fast. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I will eliminate the DMV, a lot of other things, but anything from requesting um, financial aid, the way that moves, to moving your high school transcripts, to, you know, as I said, recording deeds or doing anything else that you have to do, you know, really having value move and Mm -hmm. integrity in that information. And then the fourth piece is to put together what's called a cryptocosm center. It's an it's an incubator slash accelerator. Mm -hmm. So the Y Combinator in California, when that was put together in Silicon Valley, uh, allowed businesses to kind of be born from there, right? Allowed office space, networking, different access to things. Believe it or not, that entity alone is worth $90 billion right now. The GDP of that is $40 billion higher than Rhode Island's GDP of $50 billion. And that's just one idea. So I would take that and, you know, replace the Commerce Department with that, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. effort. And therefore, again, you get smart people coming in here, getting educated here, saying, hey, you know what? I want to build a new app or I want to build a new business. I know there are people right now. uh, Matter of fact, I was in D.C. at a dinner. The woman to my right, she was an attorney from Long Island. 
she asked me, you know, where I live in Rhode Island. And I told her, she's like, well, you know what? I'm going to be coming there because I, you are the home of Amica Insurance. And my goal in life is to put them on the blockchain. I nice. said, okay. And then the guy to the left, all he did was uh, manage family generational wealth, which they normally would be buying forest and other things. Mm -hmm. And he's talking to me about how he's investing all in blockchain. So that's where we are in life. You know, ferociforgovernor.com. Um, you know, uh, FixRI is uh, the tab at my um, website. It'll go through the blockchain. It, it, I also have... Uh, one-minute videos in okay. each of the segments that highlight it and just verbally, so if you don't want to get into a lot of reading. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on today uh, because it's it's you taking the time to to add this to the conversation. I tell people all the time, you know, for me, you know, I want to be governor this year. Mm -hmm. I know I can change people's lives, but I'm, you know, I'm here for the long haul, you know. It, let's not miss it. Hopefully it's this year, if it's not next time, but we're going to make sure we keep our message high level. We have to transform Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Rhode Island definitely needs a lot of work right now. And when I see opportunities like this or anything, I'm going to bring them in front of our listeners because I believe our listeners should be educated. And I know something like this will also help impact real estate in our end too. Unbelievable. Tons of opportunity. Again, Giovanni Ferrosi, uh, thank you very much for coming down. And uh, you can check out, what's your website again? So it's ferrosiforgovernor.com. Okay. And under uh, the tab Fix RI uh, is the Blockchain Center Development Act. And um, I just urge the legislature to get moving and pass this immediately come January of this year, as soon as they're in session. Okay, great information. Thank you very much. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here. We've got George Metz with GMET's Moving and Storage and Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com talking about the top five events here in Rhode Island. We'll be right back here on the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified. News Radio 920 presents the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified with Emilio Despirito, team leader of the Despirito team with Home Smart Professionals. Now, here's Emilio Despirito. Good morning. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified. This is your show for everything real estate. If you missed the first segment, we had an awesome conversation with Ashley Borden of Residential Mortgage Services, and we were talking about. Um, realtors income actually dropping and I know that's kind of surprising because it seems like homes are selling like crazy the market is on fire and it is so if you missed that segment make sure to check it out on the roundtableradio.com again the roundtableradio.com in the studios with us today we've got a very special guest with us we've got Joe Fazio one of the top producers in uh, my entire real estate office and at the Despirito team Joe welcome to the show Thanks, Emilio. You're Pleasure welcome. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. It's always great to have you in the studio. So Joe actually works with us behind the scenes with the production of the show, as well as, again, I mean, he is uh, constantly um, hustling real estate-wise. He is a listing agent, a buyer's agent, so he helps people buy and sell all over Rhode Island and Massachusetts and is just on fire right now. So um, there's actually one other thing I want to mention, too. In October, you've got to go check out Joe's Creation on Dyer <laughs> Avenue in Cranston. Joe, tell them about the haunted house you help uh, the Diocese of Providence design. Um, it's a nonprofit haunted house, the longest running haunt in New England. Um, I am a big part of it, but it's a team creation for sure. I have mm -hmm. a, a team of about 20 builders that they volunteer tons of time from July until we open, and then the same amount of time 
all through October to run the place. But uh, all the proceeds benefit the Diocese of Providence. That's awesome. How much did you guys raise last year? I stay away from the numbers, but it was between, I think, 80 and 90 grand. 80 and 90 grand. Yep. Wow. That's awesome. Good for you, man. That's that's Thank crazy. You. What a good cause. Yep. Uh, I actually helped out. I did security last year. <laughs> so <laughs> Joe goes, Joe goes, hey, man, um, if you don't mind, you can do security. And I'm like, dude, I'm all for it. I'm happy to, to help out. So I go there and they give me this cool security shirt and stuff, right? I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool, right? I was never security before, right? And I walk outside and Joe walks me outside and I look to my right and I look to my left and I see two mammoth sized men. And, <laughs> I mean, I'm talking like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, I am in the middle of them and I'm, I'm five. I like to say I'm almost six feet, but I'm really <laughs> 5'10", right? And I'm standing in between um, Brian and Mark, right? Yes, awesome guys i'm standing in between brian and mark and like looking up like why am i here i am useless so then so then i went and i i got to talk to people and hand out tickets and stuff and it was a really good time and i i got scared in that in that thing in that haunted house that's the goal i got scared and and, and the cool thing about the haunted house joe is you can't use blood or gore can you no um Obviously, being in the CYO building, representing the diocese, we don't do blood gore. We don't do any kind of demon or devilish things. So Awesome. Um, well, some people say we're limited, but I like to say it expands our creativity. So we rely on wow. special effects and, and, and trick scenarios. What's the theme of this year? Uh, the theme this year is, I guess is, I'm officially releasing it right now, um, <laughs> The Escape from Wonderland. The Escape from Wonderland. Yep. Wow. It's going to be a, a, a twisted version of um, Wonderland. Wow. Pretty much. That's as much as I can say right now. All right. Okay. Yeah. So you got to stay tuned on that. And we're going uh, to keep you posted throughout the season. You got to go check it out. Bring the grandkids. Bring the kids. Bring your wife. Bring your neighbor. Bring your uncle's aunt's friend. <laughs> Anybody, bring them down to uh, the Haunted Labyrinth on Dyer Ave. What's the address, Joe? 804 Dyer Avenue, um, hauntedlabyrinth.com, facebook.com slash hauntedlabyrinth. You can find us anywhere. Mm. Definitely. And tell them you heard it on the round table and receive zero dollars off. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Limited time only, guys. It is a nonprofit. The tickets are extremely inexpensive and they keep the cost down low so people can enjoy it. And I gotta tell you, when I was in when I was working the lines, mm -hmm. right? Um I had people come there and tell me over and over, we've been here every single year since since it was opened. It gets better and better and better. And and I, people love this thing. Love it. So it's really fantastic. We try to keep our, our costs, you know, um, comfortable because you want to take the night out, yeah. you know, have a night out with the family. Um, you know, they could run you up to $300 depending on where you go. So we try to keep our costs pretty comfortable. Um, we change our theme every year. We put on a brand new show every year, built from the ground up. We yeah, don't reuse any walls or, you know, it's it's a gymnasium yeah. that we fully convert every year with a new floor plan, um, new rooms. How many rooms do you have this year? Um, usually varies depending on the layout, but this year I believe it's thirteen. 
Wow. 13 or 14. Um, a lot of times we'll do like a big midway that you pass through multiple times. But yep. this year there isn't one, so we, we could squeeze in a few more rooms. Oh, wow. I didn't realize there was no midway this year. Nope. And um, a couple <clears throat> other questions for you, Joe. What, what about how long does it take for somebody to go through the haunted house? Um, and, you know, totally depends on the person. We have some people that, that go through nice and slow. They, they kind of take everything in and enjoy yeah. the artwork, artwork throughout. Um, we have some people that are so scared they literally sprint through in 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, totally depends on on who you are and how scared you are. Yeah. Yeah, it took, it took me about 15 or so minutes. But I enjoyed when I was um, there to see it with, with my wife. I enjoyed... Even the line is really cool, right? You got all these gravestones with people's names written on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. With funny stuff, you got the uh, you, you got the um, you the scarers. Some of them come out and, and scare the audience, yep. right? And uh, and you also have a snack bar and stuff. So it's awesome. You guys got to check it out. Um, but you know, we, we kind of just started talking about this off the cuff because I think it's a fantastic thing, and you know, we like to support good stuff in the community. Um, and we're often, you know, trying our best to do that. And, and what better cause than this? And seeing as Joe is here, I think it's appropriate. So if you're just joining us, this is the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified. And we're your show for everything real estate and community and business, okay? We are talking to some top-notch business leaders, real estate leaders, the shakers and movers that know exactly what's going on out there. And we have one hell of a time doing it. We love it, okay? We're here every Sunday, 10 a.m right here on News Radio 920, iHeartRadio, WHJJ. So um, a topic that I really want to discuss, Joe, yep. and I'm really passionate about is, is, is being realistic with real estate, okay? And it's a very hard thing to do for people, Yeah. right? People sure. are very attached to their homes, and it's like, it's okay, we understand, it's your home, you love it, but your home has a value. It has a price tag and it has a fair market value and if it does not if it sells over the fair market value as long as it's a cash buyer and they're very few and far between that's great but if it does not appraise what happens you have a conflict in the middle of the transaction either your buyers have to come to closing with a lot of cash yeah um, or your seller has to drop the price uh, you know most likely a large amount that neither side wants to do no, never, ever wants to do. I mean, you could always ask the buyer to come out of pocket, like you said. Yeah. However, how many times are buyers willing to overpay for a home? Exactly. Knowing that <laughs> now, now you have an appraisal yeah. saying the house isn't valued what you're under contract for. So, yeah. like you said, why would they want to pay that? Yep, absolutely. So, um, you know, we actually just had it happen to, to one of our properties. And it happens from time. We sold this thing $20,000 higher than where it appraised, right? And our sellers, some of the most wonderful people, absolutely awesome. It was a raised ranch, Joe. And raised ranches are one of the toughest homes to to go in appraisal with, okay? And I don't wanna make our listeners nervous if they have a raised ranch that's on the market, like just let, let it things take their course. But what happens is there's a lot of appraisers that will go in, actually all of them, uh, will go in and they will say that a bedroom in the basement doesn't count. A bathroom in the basement doesn't count. Now, you may be saying it's a raised ranch, there's no basement. Well, you're right. It's a full walkout. You're right. But if it is any more than, I think, three or six inches below, below grade, grade. Yeah. in any part of the area, technically the appraiser can't consider that above grade 
square footage. Yeah. So what happens, even though the town had this one as three full, uh, three bedrooms, the appraiser came in, and I feel like she's wrong, I feel like it's wrong, came in and said it's two beds, one bath, and these buyers now are getting a total steal, and the home appraised $20,000 under. I mean, I don't know, that really kind of ticks me off that that's the way they do it, but it is what it is, so you need to make sure to take your real estate agent's advice, if, if they know what they're talking about, right, and price that home appropriately, okay? Now, we had suggested for our clients to price it at that price point, at that 290 And here's the deal. Here's the funny thing about how appraisers, appraisals work, right? I knew it was going to appraise at that 290 and, and right? And I believe if we would have listed it there, we would have had a tremendous amount of activity and we would have maybe got 295 or even 300 And when that happens, when the appraiser goes in, they sometimes let it slide because we're in an escalating market, right? And if you have multiple bids. Yeah. Yeah. If you have multiple bids, you can show the appraiser. <laughs> yep. You're stating the case. So pricing is really important, yep. right? Any other tips or anything that, that insights that you can give people on, on ways to make sure to price their home appropriately or... I mean, kind of like you said, just, you know, take your agent advice. Um, they're the professional. They've been doing this. They, they know what they're looking at when they pull your, your value report. Yeah. Um, if you overprice your house and you let it sit on MLS for, you know, your first two weeks on market mm -hmm. is when you get all that traffic. Yeah. Um, you're you're going to be the number one house on the internet at one point in that two weeks. Um, like I said, that's your highest traffic. And then after that point, if your house is still on MLS active, and especially in this market, with a higher... Um, days on market than the average. That's when buyers start to question what's wrong with this house. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh man, and, and and you know we have stories of you know unfortunately when our clients have not taken our advice on condition of properties and pricing, and you have to price the home to the condition of the overall property, right? So if you walk into a home and the whole house needs work, you're not going to get top dollar for that home in that case. Okay, so. Um, we're got, we got some more tips for you guys. We do have to cut to a quick commercial break. The producers over there give me all these hand signals and stuff, and uh, we got to cut real quick. We're gonna be right back here on News Radio 920 and iHeartRadio WHJJ. This is the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified.